The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. to be movies and ebooks i'm craig wade and i'm brian allen delaney and today we are joined by matt shaw again yeah yeah this is the <laughs> what third time we've had you on yeah yeah i love it so much i'll just keep asking to come back i miss you guys when i don't talk to you <laughs> yeah yeah that's you and uh is uh, ryan c thomas has been on three yeah. times as well I, oh, I, think, I need to come back for a fourth then. I've got to beat that bastard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yar are uh, Alec Baldwin and uh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah. yeah. You can oh, I, don't know which, I don't know which one I want to be more. They're both knobheads. <laughs> oh. <laughs> also, no, I, I like you guys. I like listening to your show. I like coming on, chatting with you. And it beats being on my own pork, uh, podcast, talking to Luke Smithers, because, you know, he <laughs> teaches fucking waffles. <laughs> it's, it's nice to get away from that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, there, there is always that. Um, you know, I actually gave you all a shout out. I, I know you've given me multiple shout outs on, on the podcast, but I did give y'all's podcast a shout out uh, somewhat recently. Uh, oh, I thanks. Know. I always, get in, tr- I always uh, get in trouble when I give you guys a shout out. I, I've yeah. noticed. It's <laughs> like, oh, not again. It's like, fuck <laughs> off, Luke. <laughs> no, I, I, was li- I was listening to it the other day. And <laughs> you yeah, and you said that you were Craig. You introduced yourself as Craig Wade from B Movies and Ebooks, and then he was just like, "Oh," <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "C said something about like uh, quit, you know, giving them shout outs if they're not talking about us or something like that, <laughs> or quit talking about them because they never talk about you guys." <laughs> See, yeah, yeah, pretty much that was it. Yeah, I, I think there's just a level of jealousy because we've covered multiple Matt Shaw books and not a uh, Luke Smithered book so far. Maybe we well, I, well, I think the problem is, is. Uh, you know, I need you guys to cover my books because at the end of my podcast, which if anyone's listening wants to hear it, is Smithers and Shaw because he'll fucking bitch at me if I don't mention it. Um, <laughs> at the end of it, he's like, Matt, have you got anything to push? And I'll mention my books. And yet when a full show comes out, his advert's in there, but mine's been cut <laughs> out. <laughs> so I need you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, well, also, you know, you're, you're super uh, prolific. You know, you write so so many books and i mean that's Still. just a matter of fact um <laughs> so i i, I don't know uh, he writes books you know I, you can tell him that i <laughs> i do i do own some of his books oh well that make him happy maybe yeah. i can give you another shout out on it. in fact now i'm gonna do it next time i record with him which will probably be like two days i'm gonna be like yeah i was talking to craig wade and he he does own some of you we, we just Brian have... was just like who the fuck is luke smithers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, great yeah uh no i really i really really enjoy y'all's podcast i don't always vote in fact i i vote less often than i probably should but um 
you know. Mate, even if you don't, in fact, this goes for you as well, Brian. Even if you don't listen to the show, just go on there. Just go on our Facebook page. Just search for Smithers and Shaw and I, just I, do I, hashtag I, Matt. Okay, <laughs> because then I, I get the point, you know. <laughs> We, we play off uh, against each other, trying to weigh out the pros and cons of situations. Um, and I've had quite a good run recently, but he's got, it seems like my listeners, as yeah, my readers don't really listen to the podcast. So I feel like I'm, you know, fighting and losing battles. So I need you guys to cheat for me. Oh, okay. Well, you yeah, know, just, I, the only time I didn't vote for you, I got called out for not voting for you. <laughs> so, that was, I think that was when I stopped voting. I was like, oh, you know what? <laughs> this is, this oh, is rigged. Shit. Edit, edit that. In fact, no, don't edit it out. I just won't tell Luke I've done this podcast. You'll never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I really, I don't think we have too much of a crossover between the podcast. Maybe we do. I don't know. This no, is not really. We don't have many listeners, so. Well, I mean, I'm not <laughs> sure. <Do> we? <laughs> I think we got like nine, and three of those are like there's my mum, uh, his mum, and uh, my nan. They listen, you know. So you know, the I will say every once in a while, I'm a little confused because there there will be, and this happens on any podcast. Somebody says something, and it may or may not get edited edited out. But sometimes. You'll say something like, you know, this might, you know, this might not be too popular. And then it'll just cut to y'all laughing. <laughs> and so, and I, I, I get edited an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like one thing, he's, he, he gives me a list of things I can't discuss. So I like to, I, I like to drop things in. So like, uh, I'm not going to go into the, the exact thing, but I uh, was talking. So I started, doing sick jokes. <laughs> I started doing sick jokes like that. Because I think it's funny just because we're on video talk because we're recording and I love watching the downtrodden expression on his face when he realizes he has more editing to do because I've been (laughs) a dick. (laughs) Yeah. More recently, though, I've kind of given up and now I just listen and nod and let him him talk. I actually like listening to y'all's banter more than the, uh, than, you know, than the actual are you sure segment. I've spoken to him about this because you're not the only person that said that. And uh, he doesn't want to do just banter because he says it's more editing. Um, which, to be fair, you know, depending if you want to keep some sort of structure, there is going to be editing involved. And I don't get involved with that at all. So, you know, that's his call. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I prefer just pissing about than talking like pros and cons of whatever subject we're doing. It's, fuck off. It's boring me now. Yeah. <laughs> One of the, th- <laughs> the other segment that I love. And this is probably everybody's favorite is, you know, did you meet a dickhead this week? (laughs) (laughs) You guys. We meet a lot of dickheads. I was going to say, y'all meet a ton. (laughs) Can't wait to come over to America for those conventions. (laughs) I wonder how many guys over there are going to appear on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it, it definitely, you know, that is if you can make it with the travel bands. (laughs) <laughs> yeah well i'm not syrian so that's that's a plus <laughs> yeah it, it depends if really he's got anything against authors doesn't it do i it depends if donald trump's got anything against authors he doesn't like books his well i don't know according to to a, a, a recent interview he said he really likes to read what 50 <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no. I, so well, this is I, how you do golden showers, <laughs> Matt. <no. laughs> and edit that out. Uh, I'm not saying I'm better than Luke. I, I edit shit out. Yeah, no, you know, if you look at his, he, and I don't want this to be a big Trump thing because I don't really, there's so much shit everywhere and we discussed that last week. You know what? I'm going to go on a limb here and say he might be really good for your country. Well, he certainly oh, brings dead air. Listen to that. Dead air. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people that feel that way. I hope he's good for the country. I think everyone does, but. I hope he's good for the country. I mean, it's not looking pretty from where we're sitting over here watching <laughs> as outsiders. Yeah. But the, the guy might surprise you. You know, he might be a wild card and surprise you. So watch his space and, you know, duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's definitely a bizarre situation. Um, but we'll, we'll watch it him. play out. <laughs> he's... I think he's a really nice bloke. I think uh, I love his hair. I want to go to his barbers. Um, <laughs> please, please let me come and do my conventions over there because I bought my plane tickets already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, all right. Yeah. Aside from that, <laughs> aside from Trump, um, uh, anyone have any news, horror news this week? I've got like two things. Um, <clears throat> Number one, uh-huh. it's a little thing uh, that they're they're talking about um, casting choices for the Godzilla sequel, mm-hmm. right? And it includes the little girl from Stranger Things, but I think the the which I think is could be good. I don't know, but kids in Godzilla movies are usually a bad idea unless they're bringing in um, uh, Gazuki, right? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> not Godzuki. No. <laughs> I, I'd um, love it if like her part was just like getting stomped. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> but I think the real question is why? Like, did that new Godzilla movie do good enough to get a sequel? It was a hit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you not like it? Like like the one with Brian Cranston. Yeah, I loved it. Did you not like no, it? No, I I did, but I thought it I thought it totally okay. bombed. No, I did well. It did wasn't. It? Yeah, it it was a letdown for a lot of people. But what isn't, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, but uh, it did well. I I don't know. I I wouldn't. I was very lukewarm on it. I think when I left the theater, I liked it more than I do thinking back about it. Yeah, we went and saw it together. Yeah. And then we <laughs> oh pro date nice yeah. and then we ate hamburgers afterwards <laughs> yeah red robin it's the only time i've ever <laughs> eaten not red robin. do i huh i thought that's not allowed over there anymore hamburgers oh this was this was years ago no two guys going on a date you know? <laughs> oh oh it is if you sit two seats apart yeah <laughs> oh okay cool so you just had the popcorn between you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um I saw it at the cinema. I I I went um not with a friend. I went by myself because I have no friends. Um, but no, I actually really enjoyed the film. I thought it was really good. I like the way they didn't really show the uh, the monster until quite close to the end. Yeah, and you just seen little snippets where it walked through the the smoke and things like that. And Brian Cranston, I just love the guy. Anyway, I think he's brilliant. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a really good actor. 
Um, I'm actually looking forward to that Power Rangers movie and yeah. how he'll do in that. <laughs> we I, I, I can't even watch the trailer. No, really? See, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I'm used. <laughs> I wasn't. A, I'm not a Power Rangers fan. I, I never really watched the show, and uh, but the trailer looked really good. No, I, I can't bring myself to that. I'm not going to fall for this. Do you know the author J.R.? Yeah, you do. I, I talked to him about him before. The author J.R. Park. Yeah, he was on the podcast, the last one, you were. Yeah, uh, shit, he came on with me, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, he he told me, and be careful, you know, you need to hear the whole sentence first. He told me the new Ghostbusters film was really good. <laughs> now, that's, okay. that's among the list of that. things that we're not allowed to talk about over here. <laughs> <laughs> well well peaches i just brought it up um <laughs> it it was i i have you ever watched a film and just wanted to slit your wrists and die i flat out refused to watch it i mean not well, i watched for it because any... he said it was good well i i i yeah <laughs> i thought he wrote he wrote uh, one of the only books where I sat down and read a book and I thought, I love this book. Now he's given me a film recommendation. He said, watch the Ghostbusters. It's good. I'm doing um, Birmingham Horror Con uh, this coming Saturday. And it's the first time I've seen him since he's you know, told me to watch the film. I'm going to cut him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just going to go, you wasted two hours of my life, you son of a bitch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, and now I, I've seen it and we talked about it on the show before, but I think if the original Ghostbusters didn't exist, right, then this movie wouldn't have gotten as much flack as it did. Because the thing is, like, it was not it was not Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was made basically as a comedy, you know, or you know, it had some horror elements and stuff, but it was like sort of an adult comedy, right? Yeah. This one was a kid's comedy. Yeah. With some horror element. See, and I think that if you have to preface something where with if the old one didn't exist, it's probably crap. Even though I've used that <laughs> argument a lot of times, I mean, it, it's I don't know. But I'm, I, I'm just saying, like, it's it's just because Ghostbusters was so good. See, like that movie's great, right? And yeah, I don't think this but... one, this it still wouldn't have done well. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but. <laughs> But I don't think it would be catching as much hate as it does. Oh, so you've watched it then? Yeah. So at the start, they're they're in a house or something, and something happens in a basement. Yeah, <laughs> I can't really remember it, but mm -hmm. it's a, like it's supposed to be yes. a haunted house. Yeah. Um, I thought that started to build the tension really well. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, oh shit, this could be a good film. But then the film started properly, and it just. It was just nonstop fart jokes, no chemistry yeah. between the people. And they're saying, oh, the first one's sexist because it had three blokes. Well, four by the end of it. Um, but now we're going to make a film with only female Ghostbusters and we're going to make the main male character in it an absolute fucking mong. I was just like, no, this is just bollocks. And Chris Hemsworth should be shot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, That's how I feel about that. We'll see. And I don't know over there if it became a big talking point, but it, it literally became a talking point where 
the the far left was like over here the far left was like this movie is the amazing just because of it like without seeing it and then the the far right was like you know this movie will be shit and so it was like i just kind of want to <laughs> remove myself from this qua- equation like i don't care i like Thank the original god trump came along and changed <laughs> everyone's conversation away from ghostbusters <laughs> Yeah, it definitely you. <laughs> it's definitely been a wake up call uh, 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 that uh, we were talking about things that maybe didn't matter before as much as uh, now. If that film gets a sequel, though, I'm going to kill someone. I'm not joking. I, I will. It, it had it had sequels planned, but I think they scrapped them. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what Godzilla does. You know, so I'll bring that back to Godzilla. Yeah, that was, that was a good. That was a that was a good you know circle back. I hope Trump makes his way into every conversation, like every topic from here on out. Just <laughs> did you like? This? I'm gonna try my best. Do you like the Lego <laughs> Movie Part Two? <laughs> like I have high hopes, uh, but you know it is about building walls and Trump. I'm like oh God, no! <laughs> like, <laughs> He's built the biggest wall. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So have y'all heard of this film called? Uh, do I? built a door into it though <laughs> that's how intelligent you know. oh, let's build a wall add a door and some windows lovely <laughs> uh, have y'all heard this movie called Kuso it hit Sundance it's supposedly the grossest movie ever made and had I like bullshit. massive walkouts <laughs> uh, and this is a quote I, I got this off bloody, Disgu- uh, bloody disgusting yeah um there was a quote from a reporter that covered it, uh, and he said, Cuso's uh, the grossest movie ever, ever made. A large chunk of the audience left the screening early when a boil-covered woman choked a man with a strap until he covered her face with semen that looked like a muted version of Nickelodeon slime. But the walkouts <laughs> continued in a consistent stream up to the final scene. Some gross-out films are one-note, but Cuso finds new ways to test viewers' fortitude. Some folks stuck around after a woman chewed on concrete until her teeth disintegrated, but (laughs) still pieced out when an alien creature force-yanked a fetus from another woman's womb. I might watch that. Thoughts? What's this this movie about? That's the film Ghostbusters should have been. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because that seems all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it about aliens or, 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 or you know, extreme horror? Oh. Or what? Like, what is going on? Is here? that the one that um, Donald Trump wrote? <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, it's it's definitely. <laughs> is it by anyone in particular, or is it just like uh, an independent horror film guy just thought, oh, "I'm going to try and gross people out." I don't know. Uh, I know nothing about this film except for the fact that it's making waves. You looked it up. You right. looked it up and you didn't do any research. I did no research. That's the B and E way. But see, we don't. Something's we, never checked. We never how, claim how you, to know facts on this podcast. How, how do you spell it? K U S O. And if you look this is it why up. people should listen to Smithers and Shaw. <laughs> yeah, y'all at least try <laughs> to get to the point of conversations we just go on a meandering trail and then leave it at there <laughs> i always get the points made they just get edited out <laughs> uh, yeah uh, but yeah kuso google it uh thoughts does that make y'all want to see a film or not like if the selling point is that it's gross 
I guess is the bigger the problem question. I've got with that is uh, the thing that that puts me off that one. Um, people walk out of films not normally because they're gross. That's what the people that make the film then try and Use make it. you believe. You know, oh, they walked out because it's so disgusting. They can't take it. No, they walked out, mate, because it's shit. <laughs> yeah. So I'll know, probably give it a watch. A lot of people walked out of Drive whenever I went to go see that. <laughs> uh, did, you, did you like that? <laughs> I did like it. Okay, I, I, I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Dude, it I got did, so yeah. Good. I, uh, yeah. I yeah. think I'm not, I'm not watching it. I think I, I, I went to see it when all the hype was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I did not get the film that I was hyped to get. The same with this one. That's quite a big, you know, bold statement. You know, the grossest movie, uh, movie ever made. So if you're going to go and watch it and it's going to be shit, you're going to yeah. walk out. That reminds me of somebody that uh, they watch the, I forget which jackass film it was, but Peach, friend of the show, Peaches, our, our buddy, um, was telling us whenever he, <laughs> he went to watch uh one of the jackass films, this guy was sitting there and they've done all this just terrible shit. But then the part where they, they pee on the snow cones and then eat it. Do you remember that? Anyway, they, I don't remember that from the jackass film. Yeah. It, there's a part they, they piss in the snow and then eat snow cones is what it is. And this guy has seen, I mean, it, yeah, it's gross. Like, I don't really want to watch that, but whatever. You've seen so much just screwed up shit. And this guy gets up and goes, well, I never, and leaves like real loud just well i never like what's going on there but yeah it's so good you gotta expect that with jackass i mean normally they're shitting on things in the film yeah 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 it's it's quite tame yeah i think if it's a piss scene you get off light no but it's this guy's first movie oh really yeah Yeah. then it's probably Uh, shit his his name is flying lotus what flying lotus? There's a there's, yeah, that's, that's sounds his like name. a vagina. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just he, he's the he's the great nephew of John Coltrane, the jazz guy. Uh, okay, I was thinking but, uh, Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> no. I think it sounds like he's just trying to be a wannabe Rob Zombie. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean. I generally like we've never I've never sat down and watched a Serbian film, which was hyped as the grossest film ever. But I, it's I, gross, but it is rubbish. That's what Let's I, do a double feature with this and Serbian film. Well, I've never really wanted to watch it because everyone that sees it is like, it sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's gross and it's terrible, but it sucks. Like, oh, you need to do the double feature, like Brian said. You could do the Serbian film and uh, Kuso, whatever it's called, <laughs> and then review it on your show. Now your listeners are going to want to hear that, so you're going to have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> no, our, our listeners are used to us saying we're going to do something next week and then not do it. Yeah, like we come back with something different. Yeah, like we've <laughs> we've started a million bands too. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, we should happened. do like a, a you know a Kiss cover band. But you know, call it piss. Yeah, do it polka. Yeah, you know, like shit like that. <laughs> but no, I think this should happen. I think you should do a double feature, and you could get the uh, the author uh, Wade H. Garrett to to guest on the show because he loves his extreme horror. Yeah. So you two, you know, you two could get to know him and have a good old chat. And 
Yeah, and and see, you know, I, I still have yet to read. I, I have a sample chapter of one of his books, and I, I still have yet to read all of his stuff uh, or a, a full book of his. But yeah, that would be. I you know though, I, I believe you write extreme horror, so I think you would be a good bouncing board for that too. You you want to sign up for a double feature? <laughs> No, no, I'm not watching a Serbian <laughs> film again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ever. Mm-hmm. I watched it. Um, I used to work in Blockbusters years ago, mm-hmm. and it was Boxing Day. Oh, you, don't, you guys don't have Boxing Day, but it was Boxing Day. It's the day after Christmas Day. Yep. Um, Blockbusters used to open, so I, I went in there, and obviously it's dead because no one wants to rent a video on Boxing Day, and I watched it in store. And... <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely hated every single minute of it. And I was like, this is, you know, they're saying it's like one of the grossest films. It's supposed to be amazing, blah, blah, blah. But gross just does not sell a film. It's like with extreme horror, if I just write the, you know, the really nasty stuff, um, people are going to get bored of it real fast because it, it's just extreme for the sake of it with no story. It's crap. It's boring. Yeah. I, I've said the same thing before. Um, I don't remember what when you read my stuff. Uh, actually, you know what? I think it was the first Ryan C. Thomas book we ever read. Yeah, the summer I died, Brian hated at first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely hated. And Ryan still came back th- uh, oh, three oh, times. I, I like told him to his face. Well, not to his face, to like the video. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like told him to his face, and by that I mean he heard the podcast. whenever he came on though and stuff we talked about it yeah no and and, you know they're calling you an asshole (laughs) well no not only that on on volume three of that series we we got a quote on the cover yeah we've got a quote (laughs) but but um but yeah and and i liked it i i agree though you know extreme horror there, if that's all it is for, without any content, uh, then it gets boring. I really like the summer I died, though. Even though Brian didn't, um, but we, you know, Ryan actually was able to evolve that story where it tied in where you kind of needed that whole backstory to where the yep. books eventually went, and the books where they mm. went, we really liked. Like both of us really liked Volume Two and so Three. It's just the backstory that that Brian didn't like. Then, yeah. Well, I think if it would have been like interspersed within number two as like maybe flashbacks that were relevant or whatever, then it would have made more sense. But it was just like there was this, you know, terrible thing that occurred to to this guy and his friend. And then that's all it was, basically. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah. And I think we not much content. Yeah. But once you see it in the context of like the parts two and three of the story, then it makes a lot of sense, especially part two. Yeah. We're not here to talk about Summer I Died. (laughs) (laughs) We actually. um, I'm just trying to get people to stop uh, reading Ryan, Ryan's work. You know, so if I bring it up and Brian hates it, people are like, well, I'm not reading that shit. (laughs) That's not true, by the way, Ryan. um, If you're listening, that's. Not what I was doing. <laughs> he actually probably is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to check to see if we're friends on Facebook. Uh, hang on. Oh, can so, you though? Oh no, it's my it's my <laughs> private account. Uh, my second account. Yeah, so no, I can't see. 
Now, is I Ryan... think we are friends, and I think I invited him to a book, and he just never answered me. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Uh, yeah. So that's you, Kuso. Brian Keen. Yeah. You can email me back, Brian, any day you like. <laughs> yeah, you you really should get on his podcast. Uh, uh, if it goes anything like the, uh, I don't I don't believe the podcast exists anymore. But Arm and Tooth's Dead Time podcast, you were a guest on that, right? Yeah, it's still on there, still going. Oh, that's still going. Yeah, Arm and said, Matt, you need to come back, and I was like, sweet, when? And he never emailed back. <laughs> because well. because he's in he's in my new book you know i, I hired uh um and, um and mark um and he was like oh yeah for sure when the book's due out come on the show we'll talk about it so i emailed him going dude what's up um but yeah i never heard anything back <laughs> you, you need to uh <laughs> you need to just send a note with the payment <laughs> when, can I, <laughs> when can i expect yeah you know, I, I pay these guys before I even read their stories. <laughs> so as soon as they email me back, I made payments. So that's not the issue. I think what I need to do is stop being a dickhead on social media. <laughs> that could be good. Yeah, I think there's a few authors out there that avoid me just because of they think the, they think the online persona that I do where I'm quite loud mouth is actually who I am. And I'm quite quiet in real life. Um, I like having a laugh, but I think that some people take it wrong way and they just think, oh, my God, look at this gobby dick. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know, we have on here, we did compare your online persona to Lloyd Kaufman once. Are you familiar with (laughs) Lloyd Kaufman? I'm going to have to Google him now, aren't I? (laughs) No, 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 just Uncle Lloydy. yeah, just just watch any trauma movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the at the beginning, okay. <laughs> Uncle Lloydy. He sounds like a nonce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt Schill's online persona is he looks like a pedophile. <laughs> this, is, this is what you're saying. That's he's 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 actually a really cool guy. We met him at a convention once. Yeah, we he met, was really nice. We met him and we were yeah, surprised but, how nice he was. Uh, just because he, he's very quick to call people assholes and stuff like that uh, on his online yeah. persona. But I only call people I know assholes in uh, my okay. defense. <laughs> <laughs> people you know or everyone you know. <laughs> if I've heard of them. If I've heard of them, that's fair game. <laughs> oh. So, president, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! All right, yeah, we're gonna have to start getting into some content pretty quick. Oh, uh, oh sorry, I had I had one more piece I of news. That was fun. <laughs> um, uh, like we had a, a pretty hardcore death this week, right? Um, best known for I guess his work in the Hercules remake with The Rock. Uh, <laughs> John, you're looking at me. John Hurt passed away. <laughs> Uh, being For British, a minute, I thought, "Fuck, is Ian McShane dead?" I was nearly heartbroken. No one gives a so, fuck about John Hurt. Okay, that was that was going to be the question. Was was as a British citizen, what, what's your thoughts? So there you go. Okay, <laughs> you know what? The uh, same with um, David uh, Bowie, Bowie, whatever you want to call his name, uh, Alan Rickman, uh, John Hurt. I love these guys. But when you look at their lifestyle, 
and the fact that nearly every single picture has got a cigarette hanging out of their mouth, it's kind of expected that you know they're not going to make old bones. How I mean, how the hell Jack Nicholson is still alive, or uh, Keith Richards? You know, it, it beats me. But you know, I don't expect a lot of these people to live long. <laughs> John Herbert's but, like eighty years old. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's nothing these days, so is it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's like in his eighties, and that's a, that's good innings. Fair play, well done. You've had your turn. Fuck off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. the persona you are talking about. Yeah, yeah there yeah. we go. There we go. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why you could be off-putting to some people. It's it really <laughs> not. <laughs> Seriously, come and meet me. I'm lovely. I actually give people free books when they come and see me at conventions. I'm nice. I'm chatty. I, I sometimes buy them meals or drinks. You know. So just don't take this to heart. Yeah. Unless I, you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> in so, which case, so stay away. <laughs> so when's the when's the next convention that you're going to be that maybe people could go to? Uh, I am doing well. Well, I'm, I'm in England, so you guys aren't going to fly over. Yeah. Um, I'm doing, you know, Walker Stalker. Yeah. The convention. Yeah. They they brought one over here uh, last year, and it was incredible. So I got in touch with them. So now I'm doing Walker Stalker, Chicago, uh, San Francisco, um, Atlanta, and I'm doing another convention called Crypticon. Mm-hmm in may and that one looked like it's pretty you know decent as well run by a guy called steven i hope i've just fucked that up <laughs> oh steven i know him <laughs> yeah it's just like uh, that's, 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 I, I couldn't remember his surname. <laughs> you know he might not want his surname mentioned in case he gets stalked by people you but know, that's your plus <laughs> you know oh it sounds like a good yeah. one it's run by a guy named steven oh well, steve <laughs> first <laughs> steven. it's a short fire hit <laughs> No, it's because I looked on the guest list and uh, it's always great because in this country I have to fight to get on a guest list, you know, mm-hmm. um, and when I do finally make it and you get to be on the posters with like in this country, I just did a, a convention with Sean Hudson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys know him, uh, but he wrote slugs and massive uh, over here, at least I'm sure he's just as big over there. But you know, I grew up with that guy, not with him, but, you know, reading him. <laughs> <laughs> and then in Crypticon, George uh, Romero is on the poster with me. You know, big fan of uh, his stuff. Yeah. So to find your name with people like that, you're like, yes. Yeah, you're now doing they're gonna something see right. What di- yeah. <laughs> now yeah. they're going to see what you cut out. What dickhead. <laughs> so hopefully you have a better meeting with george romero than we did but yeah we did not have know, a good uh meeting we, with george romero but who knows in in his defense what happened in, in his defense uh we snuck into a vip party that <laughs> yeah. we weren't supposed to be in yeah, you're, yeah i could see that all right yeah so we snuck into a vip party um at one of the Texas Frightmares. This was only, this was back in 07. And, um, yeah, it was years ago. And we shouldn't have been there, but no one was calling us out for not, for being there. <laughs> and, uh, we, we met him outside of the whole, like, convention setting. You know, this was literally yeah. at a bar. And, and it, I, and okay. I, it, it was like where you would pay extra to get to meet him. 
right? And they they gave you like wristbands and stuff, and we didn't have those because we snuck in and still met him, and he was <laughs> kind of upset about it. <laughs> Yeah, he because Brian was like, "Yeah, can we get your picture?" And he's like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I, I don't yeah. do that." Um, yeah, and then oh. he'd give his picture to other people. Yeah. So I mean, I, I get oh, it. Yeah, nah, stickish. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we didn't we didn't pay. So <laughs> I mean, we could have been allergic to wristbands and had to take them off. He doesn't know. <laughs> you should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got uh, just two, just two quick celebrities in. Uh, Robert England, uh huh, Kane Hodder. Okay, both of yeah. those massive dickheads. <laughs> in fact, Kane Hodder featured on my podcast in "Did You Meet a Dickhead This Week." I heard that, but it was beeped out who it was. I assumed that it was him. Yes. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute dick and now i've got to do swansea horicon with him in a couple of months i've got to meet him again i'm just going to turn fuck off i bet he listens to both of our shows too oh yeah definitely there's no way he doesn't (laughs) you know i reckon he hits like a girl anyway he certainly (laughs) shakes hands like a girl (laughs) yeah yeah see that's the only downside that i've heard uh, uh about him is that you know he's like on his photo ops, he's like, do you want it rough? And people be like, what? And then he just like puts them in a headlock and starts like beating the shit out of them. I've literally heard that about him. So uh, oh, I, I was introduced to him after the show because uh, I'm friends with his agent. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, this is Matt Shaw. And he, he shakes my hand and he's, he's, he just started gripping it as hard as he could or, you know, harder. So I was like, no, you fuck off. So I started gripping it, you know, his hand back. But then we're talking and he's like, oh, he writes horror books, does he? But now he's talking to the agent. He's not even looking at me, but he's still got my hand. And he pulled it down to his bollock level. And now I'm a lot taller than him. So now I'm stretched down to his nuts and he's still got my hand. I'm like, what are you trying to prove, you fucking monkey? It's just like, you're a dick. Yeah. Yeah, the Robert England really upset me. That that one that that one broke my heart because yeah, I'm a big Freddy fan. Yeah, that would yeah. bum me out a lot more. Um, was he just massively pretentious or what? Because that's what I've heard about him. I've seen. I he was really friendly with everyone before me, and um, the lady in the queue directly ahead, she handed him loads of stuff, and she went, "Look, I don't like your stuff, but can you sign this for my friends?" <laughs> and he's there just signing all of this stuff. Now I paid like 150 pounds for this this autograph, and it was a photo with him in costume and everything. And when she went, it was my turn. I went up and I said, "Oh, I'm a massive fan. You know, just so you know, you're the only boogeyman that actually scared me when I was growing up." And he didn't even look at me. He just signed the bit of paper and just handed it back without <laughs> even acknowledging me. Uh, and nice. I was just. I was shot down. I, I felt so, so shit after that. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have like bad convention reps, but generally he's not one of them. Um, now, no, no, that's what made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, uh, Tom Savini's one. He always gets a bad rep on conventions. And Brian, uh, Brian had Tom's- an interesting Tom Savini. Uh, well, maybe. he was he was just really like terse about things. 
You know, like I went and I went and talked to him. I had him sign uh, my copy of Creep Show um, because he did the special effects on it. And I uh, I talked to him a little bit and I asked him about uh, like the gun from from dusk till dawn or something like that. And he was just like, no, and just handed it back and like. But he also was, didn't like, charge you money for the autograph. So 50, no, 50. He, he didn't. He <laughs> didn't. Uh, and and like, honestly, it was weird. No one else was around him or anything like that. And it he totally did, it wasn't was, even him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, like he was sitting at his booth and like, you know, like no one was there and it was it was weird. And so I went and talked to him and he was just really like short. You know what I mean? That's what I did in London. He was sat there like Billy No Mates. So I thought, well, Robert, have you not heard that? No, no. <laughs> that, that, that's not a thing. There's no way that that's that an thing. actual. That is a thing over here. Billy No Mates means you've got no friends. Billy No Mates. You can have that. Oh, my God. But I went up to him because, you know, Robert England's just massively fucked me off. Uh, Ken Kurzinger, who did uh, the role of Jason in Freddy vs. Jason, was a fucking legend really nice bloke and i thought oh look tom savini's there you know sex machine from from dust to dawn yeah so i went out to him i was like can i get an autograph you know i knew i had to pay and he's like no <laughs> i was like i was like ah, ha, 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 funny and he just like folded his arms and i was like oh you've been serious and he's like no <laughs> I, was, I was like just whatever and then he got the thing and he started signing it and he handed it to me and I paid him the money, but I should have just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> I should have gone, you're not sex machine, mate. You're just knobhead. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, they say, though, don't meet your heroes, right? So maybe. Yeah. Eh. This is why people don't come to conventions to meet me, isn't it? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, don't, I honestly, no, I, I don't. Meet their hero. Don't ruin this for me. I'm their yeah. hero. <laughs> Well, all right. Uh, we'll be back with our review of The Other Side of the Door. Two versus three. Nerds with beers and opinions. A podcast on the B&E Network hosted by Cody O, Kyle Hodge, and Greg Moser. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and... Episodes available at iTunes, Stitcher, and... <laughs> Episodes available at the B&E Network... <laughs> <laughs> Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> and Gigglefans. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and bmoviesandebooks.com. All right, uh, welcome back. We are talking the other side of the door. Yeah, you guys, you guys got any love for that film? <laughs> um, well, should we like talk about what it's about first? <laughs> nah, not even. <laughs> no, it's uh, you you want to grab the summary or? We'll no, I, we have a guest. We should make him do it. All right, there we go, Matt. What the fuck have I got to do it? I have a summary. <laughs> Just give us a short so, plot synopsis. Okay, so this chick's kid died. And luckily, she's in India, and oh my god, this housemaid that lives with her knows how she can talk to her dead kid. And yes. you just go to this sacred place, talk through the door, just don't open the door. But it's a horror film, so obviously that door's going to get opened. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> that, 
that really was simple. Oh, fuck the spoilers. The spoilers are in the advert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know that there's going to be a ghost involved, right? Yeah. So, um, it's going to be a really crap film. Now, I'm not going to lie at all. Um, I was watching this, but this was during this whole immigration thing. And it kept blowing up on my phone like every 10 minutes, like people detained, people detained, people protesting. Like, and so I'm watching it and, and it's getting half of my, uh, all of my attention at certain parts. But I really honestly don't feel like I missed anything in, in saying that it looked good. It looked like a good film as far as the way that it was shot. Didn't look cheap. Had a good cast. Jeremy Sisto was in it. I'm a big Sisto head. Sistophile? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But it just was boring. I was bored the entire film. Did did it capture y'all's attention? Was it just because the media was blowing up and it was sidetracking me? Or what? Um, I, I think in the film there was some great imagery. Yeah, you know the there's a creepy little ghost type woman thing who moves like the girl in the uh, the film Ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know I thought she was great, and when it first started, uh, I thought, "Oh, this is going to be good" because it had quite a, a sweet uh, opening scene, and then what actually happened to the kid in the film was quite horrific. But it was, then it, it was just sort of turned to nothing. <laughs> It was the same like primary conflict in the character's backstory in iRobot. Like it's the exact same thing. Like, <laughs> uh, have you ever seen that movie? I never saw iRobot. Oh my! At the cinema years ago, I can't remember yeah. that. But like, but she gets into a car accident, right? And she has to make that decision between which kid to save. So right? it's Sophie's choice, basically. <laughs> Well, yeah, but it's also <laughs> iRobot because that's what happened in that movie. <laughs> Except for it was a robot. Um, and she saves her daughter, who's unconscious, um, instead of her son, who is basically pleading for his life the whole time. Right? He was um, annoying shit, though, wasn't he? I would have let him drown. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take the quiet kid any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, in a way, I almost felt like it was it was commentary, at least that part, on like uh, moving to a new country and not learning the language because she was trying to tell him that the kids were in it, that there was another kid in the car and the people like, cause they're in India. Right. And she was saying it in English and they didn't like, they weren't talking to her and yeah. then they, the kid drowned. <laughs> the film could have been a lot worse than what it was. I, uh, if I had to give it a mark out of 10, because I know you guys go out of five and I thought, no, that's not for me. I, I probably would give it like six out of ten. It was watchable. It had a few good jump scares in it. You know, even if the story is predictable, mm-hmm. there's definitely that, worse out there at the moment. That that's all it had though was jump scares. Yeah, right? I it, didn't that's what, see anything that gave me the creeps or anything like that. Nothing I, like no creeping dread no, or anything no. like that. I do agree with you though that the the creature design for the. I don't know, bad guy. I don't even know what it was. Like, what did they ever actually explain why that like creature was after her? Um, no, no, <laughs> no. I don't think so. because 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 she goes, she opens the door, obviously, because her kid's like, oh, it's dark over here. And she's like all, you know, sad because her kid's dead. And uh, <laughs> she opens the door and there's nothing there. 
except for like there's this statue and it starts moving and then that's it. That's like they never explain what it is, but it like haunts it like stalks them. I like the dude that just kept popping up. There was this guy oh, yeah. blowing uh, ashes in her face. Yeah, yeah he just popped <laughs> up. Every chom, 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 chom. They were like at the <laughs> beach. Chom, 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 chom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was my favorite part in the beach. <laughs> they were at the beach in this scene, or, or in this one scene, uh, and it's her and her daughter, and they're having a good day at the beach. And then she turns around, the guy is just there, and he. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, she's like, "Who's that man?" And she looks like way down the beach, and there's like a weird guy, and she's like, "I don't know who that man is." And she goes, "No, not that one, that one." And she turns around, and the guy's like right by her face. <laughs> like, I won't lie. I, I I did shit myself at that part because I was half watching it. <laughs> so because the TV was really loud and, you know, when they do a jump scare, they got to put the music on yeah. as well. I nearly went through the fucking ceiling. I was like, you <laughs> dick. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I have a question for you guys. Uh-huh. Was this movie Pet Cemetery? Yes. <laughs> But where Pet Cemetery worked was it was completely dreadful the entire time. There was an undertone of dread that cut through everything. You knew nothing good was going to happen. This almost seemed to be infused with so much fantastical elements that, like, maybe everything turns out okay. I mean, obviously it doesn't, but it didn't have that tone of dread the entire time. Spoiler. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, Pet Cemetery was a good film as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you say six out of ten, uh, or we'll go ahead and do the uh, the conversion, three out of five. <laughs> uh, the the uh, I'm going to say two out of five, only because this brought nothing new to the table for me at all. Like, it just, and, and it was boring. Okay, you want to yeah. you want to jump on old tropes all day? That's fine. It was just so boring. Like I don't the, know. the kind of film it is, it is perfect to have on in the background if you are watching loads of CNN stuff on your mobile phone because <laughs> yeah. you, you don't have to pay any attention to it, do you? So it, you know, it, in that it's, context, it's worth a watch. Five out of five. If you've got shit to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess as white noise, it works well, but. Uh, um, I will say one thing, though, uh, just real quickly. I did watch another film this week, and I don't know if you guys have got it over there or if you're going to get it over there anytime soon. But if you do, you have to go and watch the film Train Spotting 2. Oh, oh really? yeah. It's totally on yeah. my list. Stunning film. Absolutely brilliant. Is it as good as the first one? Um, I don't think it's better than the first film. It's as good, and it completes the story. Okay. So just just watch it. I'm not going to give any spoilers away for that one. Yeah, I don't think it's out here yet. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it would be because it's a real British film. That one, well, Scottish. So I reckon we'll probably have like X amount of time keeping it, and then you guys will get it. Yeah. The great thing now, though, with how films are staggered in release is we get to see all the spoilers <laughs> as y'all probably <laughs> do as well. It's just like, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened, and. I mean, I guess whatever. That's just how information works. You could tune it out, but it it is kind of shitty. <laughs> no, get yourself banned on Facebook. You miss so much. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, all right. Yeah. That's a conversation for another time. Um, <laughs> but, well, if, if you're coming to the, to the States for conventions, 
Don't get banned on Facebook around then if they truly are checking Facebooks. <laughs> Seriously, um, we spoke off air, so I'll just say it real quickly so people know what the hell I'm talking about. I got banned on Facebook for trying to sell an airsoft gun on an airsoft page where people are selling their airsoft guns. Right? <laughs> it makes now, sense. When you say it out loud. I get, <laughs> if I get banned on Facebook again for trying to do that again, although fuck you, Facebook, I sold the gun. Um, and then America <laughs> stops me from coming in because I tried to sell an airsoft gun. I'd be like, nah, nah, I'm going to Australia. Screw you guys. <laughs> so does that make you an international arms dealer? <laughs> well, I didn't sell it over there. So oh. I'm probably, uh, you know, no, well, it doesn't matter. Arms dealer in the UK, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, for <laughs> the really evil airsoft guns. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's bizarre. Well, and I missed book launch. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> uh, I guess, Brian, do you have anything to say? Uh, well, about I, I, I was gonna say. Um, I was honestly gonna give it like a two, a two also, because uh, like, like you said, it it didn't really do anything new, right? But um, I think it was shot really well. It looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked the um, the creature design. Like, it was interesting, you know, because I, I don't know if it was actually, like, some sort of Hindu myth or, or anything like that. But it had, like, the multiple arms, right? Mm-hmm. And it was walking around, like, hiding its eyes the whole time, but, like, crawling around on the other arms. Um, it looked really good. Special effects were good. So it wasn't, like... <laughs> It wasn't like completely a failure, like unwatchable or anything. or anything like that. It just was. It was just nothing new to the table, you know. Do you know how much attention I was paying to it? How much? How much? Until Brian just said about the arms, I didn't realize it had more than two arms. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there you go. <laughs> Shit, I'm gonna have to watch it again now. <laughs> yeah it was I mean, you could honestly just watch like the last 20 minutes again yeah and, and you know oh, good. It's a really bad bit it had a cool poster does that count yeah, for I mean, anything like there there was at one point where it kind of felt like they were going down the route like it was all in her head sort of thing uh-huh you know it's yeah, just what yeah, it kind of felt like but then it didn't you know spoilers. it could have been a better film had they done that I think so. If it was all just guilt from her having basically killed one of her kids. Kind of like the Babadook. <laughs> yeah. Wow, man, that's harsh. Yeah, she killed her daughter, uh, killed her kid. It was an accident, man. Jesus. <laughs> I said basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, basically. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I mean, I don't know. I guess it's a tough decision. <laughs> no, I tell you, I would have taken a quiet kid. <laughs> all right <laughs> so yeah other side of the door yeah um and he, he was an antique dealer that seemed like strength like this is an odd choice for a like to 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 make a point of saying that he's one and then have it never come up ever again i'm sure that was that's just, that what he was doing i i didn't yeah. even know what he did <laughs> You yeah. really watched this film, didn't you? That was in the first two minutes. 
Yeah, he was like, he, wow, he, he, I was lost. He in was the first telling it. He was telling a story about this like funny antique anecdote, right? About something, and then he, he was like, "We should move over here." And she was like, and "That was it." Yeah. So see, I, I missed that bit. I wasn't paying attention, I guess. But that was that on the beach then, because they yeah. turned yeah. to that little kid. Should we move yeah. out here? Because that kid was freaky as well. Yeah. And that's why I thought, oh, this is going to be a good film. And then yeah. just no. <laughs> it's like. Meh. Yeah, I was really. I, was like, I don't regret watching. Oh, go ahead. No. He, what? Oh, he said I he guess... doesn't regret watching it. Oh, okay. It cut out on me. So, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm just the the one the most sour about it. But whatever. <laughs> I'm also the one. I haven't had a whole lot to say because uh, I was totally. You know, totally distracted. I would have given it a second watch if I felt like I was missing something. <laughs> so, anyway. But, uh, but yeah. So, Well, we will be back with our uh, interview, our exclusive interview with uh, Matt Shaw. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're in a zombie apocalypse. You have one weapon, and it's not a gun. What is it? Like a scythe, a car. Grenades. Like a flare gun, maybe. Piranhas. <laughs> bat. A bat? Baseball bat. Hands down. Machete. It's obviously a lobo. <sighs> uh, loppers? Slingshot. <gasps> yeah. Like a ground-mounted slingshot that shoots bricks. Catch the seven deadly questions on The Basement on a Hill. Hear all new episodes every Tuesday. The Basement on a Hill. Horror and comedy for people who hate horror comedies. All right, and we're back <laughs> with Matt Shaw, who was here before we left. Uh, but <laughs> but we want to we want to talk you know it, a it's good to have you back on the show um you know you can come back anytime <laughs> but you're regretting that decision now <laughs> no not at all he keeps uh, he keeps talking about Trump he keeps doing this he keeps doing that I like how you brought Trump back up into that too <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah I just have like the longest list ever of things to beep out. <laughs> no no i um no i i just think that um that it's good to get, get you back on the show especially with a lot of things coming together see what i did there um and, and no, well, well done i didn't yeah. get that till you said did you see yeah. what i did there <laughs> yeah uh, no with a lot of you know it's a great time to get into your books if you've never been if you've never actually given you a read before, because now for 10 bucks, you can get all the black cover books. You can get yeah. uh, everything you wrote last year, which for most authors would be like one or two books. But for you, it's a bunch, a ton, you know, there's, a I think last year was 37 novellas. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's insane. It's been pretty busy. Yeah. Um, no, I've made it really easy for readers to get into me now because you've got uh, the book Horrors Back Catalog, 
which is uh, Horsback Catalog 2011 to 2015. So everything I wrote there. And that's over, that's, well, about 40-odd books um, and 4,000 pages. And again, that's really cheap on Amazon, uh, which I I made the price point low just to screw Amazon over because if you make it above nine ninety nine. <laughs> They change the royalty rate, so they get 70% and you get 30%. Oh, really? So I, thought, so I thought, hang on a minute. So if I say charge 15 bucks for the book, I get less money and Amazon gets more money. Mm-hmm. So I was like, nah, let's just shoot myself in the foot and make it real cheap. Now, now um, they, you've got, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, go is the data going to be a problem? Because after a certain amount, data starts charging it against your royalty as well, right? Uh, not that I found. I don't know. Huh. I mean, the books are doing pretty well, so if they do, then eh, I haven't noticed yet. Uh, okay. <laughs> yet. I like how every time you come on the show, there's another different gripe about Amazon. Have you noticed oh, that? Oh, Amazon, uh, <laughs> Amazon continually uh, send me greeting cards. We we go out for dinner. We're best friends. <laughs> yeah, Amazon. And I, I hope to God they they continue treating me the way they do because I feel special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I love, love that. <laughs> they they kind of screwed you over with uh, what was the book? Unicorn. <laughs> they did and they didn't. What? Um, did you see? I uh, I made unicorn, so it's about this uh, horse where, from <laughs> a distance, it looks like a majestic unicorn, but up close, it's just a, a horse with a deformity. Basically, it's got a massive dick on its head. <laughs> now, I wrote this just to mess with people's heads and go against Chuck Tingle because I thought if he can get away with shit like that, I can. Um, but no, Amazon banned it outright. Um, <laughs> But did you see on, because we're, you know, obviously friends on Facebook, I had one hardback edition of this book made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you it's 34 pages. It went for like £155 on eBay. Yeah, I so saw that. So I think I, I got lots love. I've done well. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I'm writing Uniborn 2, <laughs> the second coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, but I I had cut you off a little earlier while you were talking about uh, everything, you know, it, it uh, being a yeah. good time to get into stuff. Uh, and and oh, yeah, it's just because else. I've done the collections. Yeah. Um, now, are you seeing an influx of new readers because of that? I mean, I know that it's relatively new. I don't know. Um, to- I mean... Yeah, I, I don't know who's new and who's not anymore because what I've noticed with Facebook, A, they don't like posts about airsoft guns. And B, if you have an author page over there uh, or any you know business page, at some point when it gets over so many thousands of followers, they start strangleholding the posts that people see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I want you guys to see my posts, I have to start paying. So what I've done is I've opened up my personal account on Facebook for anyone and everyone. So now I don't know who's just a stalker, who's a reader, who's mm-hmm. some hot chick in my local town who wants to have sex with me as long as I follow this one link and pay X amount of money. Seems legit. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Basically, all the people are coming onto this one page now, so I don't know who's new readers or, or whether they're just there trying to sell their wares. I haven't got a clue anymore. I've kind of given up, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Um, so... <laughs> 
you know, you've gotten into uh, comics as well. Uh, and I had talked yeah. about, uh, you know, I, I apparently am like the only reader of yours that never read <laughs> Sick Bastards. And, <laughs> and um, so I plan on not reading the book, even though I have it on my Kindle. <laughs> I plan on not reading the book until the comic is done. And I love... You still haven't read it? No. I, I put it off until after the comic's done. What I'm seeing on the comic, and I've only seen issue one, uh, two's not out yet, right? No, no. Uh, two, I think we've, we're up to about page 12 in issue two. But I mean, you know, I'm based at the south part of England. The uh, Dave McCluskey of Damaged Comics, he does uh, the translation for me into comic book form. He's in Liverpool. And then the letterer is in Scotland and the artist is in the Philippines. So, you know, we've got all these emails goes backwards and forwards. So it's, t- it's taking ages to do. Yeah. Um, but really pissed me off. <laughs> that, you know, I was expecting that for it to look like since it was your first foray into comics, even though it wasn't uh, McCluskey and Damage Comic, uh, you know, it's not their first foray. I was expecting for no. it to be a little, a little more noticeable that it was an independent comic, and this easily could be like an IDW comic or anything like that. It was a. I like the story a lot. It's freaking awesome. If you're fans of like Crossed or anything like that, where it is extreme horror in comic form, which I don't know that it gets much more extreme than Crossed, but um, yeah, but it does. <laughs> wait for issue two yeah. it, i'm doing another comic um you you guys know the the, the books i wrote called fucked up shorts don't you mm-hmm. um brian's there like yeah no yeah totally <laughs> um did you ever read one called 11 i have it 11 a circle of or no that's not it that's no the eighth it's um son of a bitch you write basic- too much no, not the eighth. Eleventh uh, is a little girl that's groomed by uh, a pedophile online. Oh God! <laughs> now, when I wrote that story, it is dark, and it you know it upset quite a lot of readers. And I made a decision to make that issue one of the comic range of fucked up shorts. And I've had some of the art come back for it, and I'm going to get shot, yeah, <laughs> cracked. Cracked got banned from most stores in this country, and I think this one's going to as well. Huh. Well, but you need to, don't you? You need <laughs> to slap people in the face. You know, sick bastards, the whole point of writing that book was to slap people in the face. And the first page of the comic in that is just downright wrong. So, you know, I like being at conventions and showing people and then seeing their reaction when they read the first page. You know, the blokes are like, dude, sweet. And the women are like, ooh, and they put it down and run. <laughs> Actual run. <laughs> yeah. No messing around. Yeah. I, I I hadn't read that one. I read Nugget is probably way, way up my list. I, I like That's issue two. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting collection of uh, outright banning and all sorts of stuff. But it, it really, you know, you definitely don't look away from the extreme where a lot of uh, authors 
do, and it, it's definitely been to your advantage, at least up to this point. Now, with we talked about this last time you were on, with culture getting so offended and all this stuff. Um, are you seeing more of a backlash? Because I feel like last year, or, or even two years ago, was everything's offensive, and then last year was everything's combative. And then this year seems to be where the circles change to everyone's an asshole. <laughs> and will people get more embraced or, or will your circle get smaller is what I'm wondering. Um, I think extreme horror is dead. Uh, I think it's done. If you look at my sales, uh, recently compared to a couple of years ago, they have more than halved. Um, I mean, don't get the violins out. I'm doing okay, but Uh it isn't as good as it used to be (laughs) Uh, because now I think what's happening with the market is people saw, like I did the books with the warnings, then everyone's putting a warning on the book, even if it doesn't need it, which then gives extreme horror a bad name because if every book's got a warning, they're like, Oh, that's going to be shit as well. Then, yeah, you know, if you read one book that says it's extreme horror that's not, then it might potentially put you off from reading other extreme horror. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's just not what you're looking for. And I think you know, I've slipped in the charts uh, for the last three years. I was always like between uh, ten and thirty in the in Amazon's uh, most popular horror author charts, mm-hmm. and now I've slipped down to like fifty odd. Now, I look to the books before my stuff, and it all seems to be like twilighty paranormal romance gash that just shouldn't be written in the first place. But that's where the horror market seems to be heading now. So I'm going to have to start writing paranormal romance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, if nothing else, it'll be an interesting exercise. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think that you're wrong because, you know, yes, this is art, but you know, even I'm sure that you've written certain things that you're not, that you're more proud of than others and certain things that you like. Oh, more than, right shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes, it is art, but there is a business to this and you definitely mm. do have to kind of follow trends if you're a full-time author at least on certain levels i'm not saying everything you write is paranormal romance or anything like that but i don't think that you're wrong and it doesn't make you a sellout or anything like that i used air quotes uh yeah to do that but well um, 50 shades came out i wrote erotica yeah because i thought i can do this chuck tingle uh suddenly flared up in the news over here. So I thought, oh, I'm going to write Fisting Rex, the dinosaur porn book, and <laughs> Uniporn. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have no problem with selling out. My heart will always be in horror. Yeah. But I think we've spoken about this before. My favorite books that I've written of mine are not horror. You know, they're the, the supernatural um, dramas, the sad books. Yeah. Because like, I get a kick out of readers going, going, oh, my God, I read it, and I bawled my eyes out. He's <laughs> like, that mug. Yeah, I read Boy last year. Boy Built for Love. And um, that was, I was like, oh my God. Like that basically was a tale about a a couple who lost their child and this is their surrogate child. And 
son of a bitch, it gets real sad real quick. And <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, you know, we're seeing a, a lot of things where everything has been compartmentalized. You're starting to, not just in, not in your writing or anything like that, just everything across the board has been compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. Everything is serving certain markets. You are seeing people starting to open up and, quote, burst their bubble that we've been in. And I think that you're going to start seeing a lot more authors going out and doing, taking bigger risks. And I think that it's, it's kind of cool in a certain way. Yeah. I mean, I, I've obviously know a lot of horror, well, a lot of authors in the industry and these last few months I've lost so much respect for quite a lot of them because it's obvious that they're copying like blatantly copying what they've seen work for other people. Mm-hmm. Like this one author, I'm not going to mention his name because, you know, he's a nice guy, but he's recently started a new marketing tactic, which I did uh, about two years ago now. And two years ago, before Amazon Kindle Unlimited changed, it was the best marketing thing you could ever do, you know, releasing short stories every month. And then at the end of the year, put them together in a massive collection. Mm. Now, as a business, that does not work. Um, Mm. But instead of trying something new, it's like you've got this group of people that look to the past to see what happened and then try and copy that success as opposed to, you know, going, right, well, now I'm going to go off and do this, this, and this and see what happens. Mm. And I just think the, the whole community, not just a horror community, the whole a creative industry would be a lot richer if people would just stop looking at what's worked before and push forward for, you know, new ideas. No, I totally agree with that. Like, you know, I, I write music and stuff and there's so many people, um, like even within the genre of like what you would consider to be like contemporary classical music that just write things that sound like, what people were doing 10 years ago instead of trying to write new things and explore new things. Um, So I I totally understand where you're coming from. And I agree with you completely. It's just like depressing, isn't it? (laughs) It is depressing. It is very depressing. Especially when you're sat on something that you've written, you think, yeah, this is fucking amazing. But people just still stuck in the past. Yeah. And they don't, they there's, I mean, and I hate to say this, but sometimes, you know, the audience is to blame, too, um, you know, as, yeah. especially in in music and stuff. Uh, the the guy who used to be our uh, conductor at the Houston Symphony would always push for like brand new music being written to be played. Right. Like he would always push for things that were written in the last couple of years to, to be on the program. But he would always get overruled by. Um, the audience basically, because no one would buy tickets to those new music that no one's heard before. And so like yeah, all they would buy is like Mozart and Beethoven and stuff like that. And so what he would do was put some new stuff in between them, you know, like on the same docket. But, you, you know, it's the same thing. It's like you've got to let the, or the audience has to be willing to push forward too. Yeah, um, I have been fortunate enough where I've I've now built enough of a following where I can experiment in other genres and my readers will come along and have a go. 
I will admit, if you're new to the industry, yeah, and you're trying to play around in other genres, you're going to struggle. You need to find your niche market. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to find what works for you, and then play once you've got a following. Yeah, because definitely. you know you're going to get support. Otherwise, people are just going to not bother because they won't know your identity. Exactly. And hopefully not your online identity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, I joked earlier about, you know, your online persona, but you've definitely built a brand, uh, whereas yeah. a lot of authors haven't. And A, it helps that you're super prolific. I don't know anyone else that can write 15,000 words in a day or anything crazy like that. Um <laughs> Um, John, John, hear crazy. Just real quick, we were on the 29th. Yeah, it's 29th of January when we're, yeah. we're recording this. Do you know how many words I've written this month? How many? One hundred and thirty-three thousand. <laughs> that <laughs> is. I was, I was, the other nuts. day, I was thinking, I feel fucking burnt out. I, you know, I feel like I'm dying. And I was, I was putting it all together in this big book, and I was like, oh, okay. That'd be why I feel pretty tired then. Yeah. 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 You basically that's wrote the stand. Th- <laughs> yeah. That's four and a half yeah. thousand words a day. Like on average. Every day. My, yeah, my wife hates me. It's like, Where is, where's Matt? He's in the kitchen working. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's insane. Um, but not only that, you know, you do talk to people and stuff and you also do you take certain risks that a lot of people don't um and sometimes they pay off sometimes they don't uh i'm not a patron of yours on on patreon but i noticed yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i'm not i I don't do a lot of that but your patreon is doing well right it was doing well yeah now it seems to be dying oh um, well, way shit. to go, Craig. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, to be honest with you, I've, I've, had a, I've had some good months on Patreon, uh, and I love the fact that people are willing to support me over there. Um, as such, if you are a fan of my work, it's silly not to go on Patreon and support me because you can support me for a dollar. Okay. Yeah. And you are getting more reading material for that dollar than you get by buying everything off me on Amazon. And nine times out of 10, they're getting the stuff earlier than when it comes out on Amazon as well. Um, But, you know, people are reluctant to sign into anything where it looks like they have to pay on a monthly basis, Mm -hmm, which I can understand. Finances are tight for everyone. There's a a wall to pay for. (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yeah my only and i i would imagine most people's only problem with the patreon model is that people have gotten so used myself included so used to getting things on your kindle that amazon is yeah. you know you don't get it on the kindle if patreon if they had embraced some sort of app or something where it feeds into the app you'd see a lot more Patreon subscribers, I believe. What if well, I, I mean, did the Moby file of yeah. the book? Yeah, then you can just put it on your own Kindle by yourself. Every time I've yeah. ever tried to do that, it doesn't work on my Kindle. I have this weird <laughs> app called Send a Kindle, uh-huh. right? And you just drag and drop stuff and it sends it. Really? It doesn't even matter what kind of file it is. I have PDFs and stuff on mine. Mine, I've tried doing the export just via USB. And I've also tried doing uh, email it to your Kindle. 
so it's just you know, it's just you then. I that guess just so. sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but so now you have no reason not to be a Patreon supporter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, your pledge. People saw my Patreon page take off, and you know it's worth. I think it's about uh, around about seven hundred dollars a month I get out of Patreon. Um, and the, the sole purpose of the reason I'm doing Patreon is so I can come out to America to meet the readers. You know, they're always like, you do the conventions over there. And I'm like, I can't realistically afford to pay for myself to come stateside. You know, by the time I come over, ship the stock over, I just can't do it. But now that they've seen, uh, you know, other authors have seen the Patreon side work, now you're seeing lots more author pages pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot more offering this than that. And sometimes think, oh, they've got a good idea. They're doing really well. The temptation is to go on there and steal their idea, but I don't. But then you see other authors come on who just pick and choose rewards from all these other pages to try and make their page. And I think that's you know a bit cheeky. Let's try and be original with it. Yeah, I've seen you complain on Facebook about people's patreon pages <laughs> about how they either do that or just don't offer anything of value in the first place and they're just looking for free money yeah yeah oh be my patreon because i think that's more just giving that, that pisses me off i don't uh, you know oh i want to move house just give me some money fuck off <laughs> <laughs> yeah at that point it's like a gofundme you know yeah yeah, the only time I've ever shared anything like remotely like a GoFundMe is someone died and they had no money, so the family was struggling to get them buried. So I shared that page yeah. because all the money was going towards giving a decent funeral. And you think, well, no, that's different, but just to move house or whatnot or yeah. all the Kickstarters. I want to release a book, but I need 15 grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, all right. So, uh, real quick, let's get into what's coming up next from you. Uh, we got uh, just released yesterday, I believe, was coming together uh, <laughs> a book. Uh, it's kind of the grindhouse of of novels at the current moment. Um, it's Hole by You and and Prick by Duncan Ralston, and you get yeah. both of those for a dollar on amazon um but the big one that everyone seems to be talking about and i pre-ordered and as everyone probably should would be the devil's guests out february 3rd february 3rd yes but has brian pre-ordered it (laughs) i have not (laughs) you son of a bitch (laughs) hey i still got time Um, the devil's guest uh this book i kind of i kind of wanted it to be like one of my flagship titles you know i wanted it to be the biggest book i've ever done um because it's a different concept so i've got loads of different authors involved in it but it's not an anthology it's one story of a guy who runs a hotel and he murders the guests mm-hmm. uh, a bit like the serial killer hh H. holmes now, motel hell. When I, hmm? Or motel hell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when the other guests are introduced to the hotel, 
we get their backstory. And that's where I employed loads of other authors to come in and write the backstory. And then it's sort of fed into the main bulk of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it all gets, you know, quite nasty and violent. But last time I spoke about an anthology here, I couldn't remember any of the names <laughs> uh, who I heard employed. So this time I've got the, the paperback here. So I can tell you that we've got chapters by Jeff Strand, Raph James White, Keelan Patrick Burke, Shane McKenzie, Sam West, Wade H. Garrett, Ryan Harding, Armand Rosamilia, Mark Tufo, Jasper Bark, and David Moody. So, you know, there's some big names Those there. Those are all, yeah, huge names. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I shit said yes. Do I? I shit myself when they said yes, and then their stories started coming through, and I'm reading them thinking, fuck, I better bring my A game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those are are literally just all all big names, and I mean, that happens. I mean, hold on, including bonus short stories by Chantal Nordelus. I never know if I'm saying her yep. name wrong, right or wrong. Glenn Roth, Jim Present. Goforth, and Duncan Ralston. So even the bonus stories are big, well-known horror names. I mean, that's amazing. I have zero clue why anyone wouldn't buy this book. Um, you also well, it have, says right there uh, says it's not a pleasant story. Oh, so okay. There you go. That's why some <laughs> not, people wouldn't write. <laughs> I asked uh, Wade Garrett to write me this section, which is supposed to be like extreme horror. And you know, I asked all the authors to write me like two thousand words, and this guy just went fucking batshit crazy, and he wrote sixteen thousand words of extreme horror. <laughs> now, why as I might. I could not get this to fit into the devil's guest and keep the pacing right for the rest of the story. You know, it just didn't work. Um, so what I've done is I've had to edit it down in the main book. But like you got the bonus short stories at the end, I've also included Wade's full chapter at the end as well. So people can just see how sick and depraved he actually got with it. And then they'll probably go, Matt, why did you cut that out, you dick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's no way to win. <laughs> uh, yeah so other than than devil's guess and you got i mean this has been something that you've been hyping for for so long um but uh what what else are we expecting from you or should we be expecting well, from you? um i'm writing my last ever anthology uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm compiling my last ever uh, collection of stories from other authors because it's gotten so big that I cannot beat it now. Um, I've never discussed this online or anything, but do you want the names of the people involved? I would love that. Yeah. That's a scoop. A scoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we have got, uh, I mean, some of these contracts haven't been signed yet, so we've got to be careful. Um, but everyone had said yes. So you have got Shane McKenzie. Kyle M. Scott, Ryan Harding, Jeff Strand, Sean Hudson, J.R. Park, Ramsey Campbell, um, potentially Adam Neville, Brian Lumley, Sam West, Adam Millard, Joe Goforth, uh, Jamie Jonasey, uh, Guy N. Smith, Anton Palmer, Gary McMahon, Keelan Patrick Burke, Mark Castle, Tonya Brown, Ian Rob Wright, Rath James White. Jack Rollins, Michael Bray, Matt Hickman, Craig Saunders, Paul Fluitt, Graham Reynolds, Andrew Frudenberg, Luke Smithard, Kit Power, Jasper Bark, 
Peter McKeeran, Mason Saber, and an introduction from Jim McLeod of Ginger Nuts. Good grief. So far. <laughs> uh, and you, that's going to be in December? I'm, I'm aiming for December, but at the moment there's an email that's floating around and there's an even bigger author who's currently deciding whether they're going to give me an original story, a reprint, or um, tell me to fuck off. Uh, but without giving his name, because I don't want to jinx it, his dad is a very famous writer. Holy so shit. I know, I know who you're talking really? about. Wow. So, I mean, that is definitely 100% not confirmed. Yeah. But the ball is in his park now, and I didn't get a straight off. No. Sod off. Wow. So, but even even him aside, I mean, there's so, so many, like, big and good names on there. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the one that you put out uh, last Christmas was amazing as well. Bah Humbug. I I oh, that is well so well for charity because all the money for that went to charity. All the money for this one, uh, it's going to be called Masters of Horror. That's going in my fucking back pocket. You know, <laughs> the last one. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I'll let you know this. So far, those names has cost me three thousand pounds in contracts. Good. So, you know, I'm into this one for a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. I need it all. But as I said. I can't see where I can go with anthologies after this. No, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> so the, like, nah, I'm out. These are looking like uh, you know the the big massive anthologies from much bigger publishers with with all those names. You know, it's it's yep. really really good. Um, uh, the only last question that I've been meaning to ask you, and I don't know if this is working or not, but. Uh, you had teased a while back, and I never could figure out if it was real or not. It was a video game where you go around beating reviewers. Oh, no, I really want to do it. I found a guy on a website that's offered to make it for me, but then I got in some serious trouble with uh, HMRC, which is our equivalent of the IRS. Uh-huh. Um, Basically, I was spending the profits that I was getting on on future projects, uh-huh. so I didn't pay my tax bill. Yeah, yeah that'll that'll bite you. <laughs> yeah, it went well. Um, <laughs> thankfully, we we resolved it now, and I'm not in prison. Um, but yeah, that's kind of put a hiatus on the um, on the the video game idea. But it's going to be like Kung Fu Master, you know. <laughs> Just yeah. going around. One star and punches and shit. <laughs> well, like, I'm not going to get into it because, like, I don't know, you know, how much of the details or whatever you'd want people to know. But, like, it had a really interesting high score idea, <laughs> like, where it's like, do you, you know, like, where if you get the high score, what you get to do or whatever. Um, I'm probably being too vague about it. You'll have to remind me. It doesn't matter if you say it. I don't care. Oh, no. It was something like uh, where if you're like the high score, you get to make a review or whatever. You get to or you get a book or something, right? Yeah, it was something like that. Hold the high score. You get books emailed to you, I I believe. Yeah. Um, Posted. I was going to post the book. So find and post them. Yeah. But the game wasn't going to be free. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't going to make it. But I was only going to charge like 99p to 99 cents. Mm-hmm. Um, and loads of people said that if if uh, 
if I was to do it, they'd be well gruntled about it because they'd just be like super psyched uh, for it because they haven't seen an author do that before. Yeah, exactly. This is an app I was going to do um, where if you load up this app on your phone, it's got every single one of my books and you can just click it when it's yeah. fucked off. You know, you've read it, so done. But that was going to cost too much money as well. So again, that's on hold till I sort the, the tax man out. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, either way, these are all really interesting things, and it's insane to think about. But your your sheer output is just nuts. <laughs> so, and you're always trying interesting things like this, like this or the the teddy bears, right? Did oh, even the teddy bears? Go well. Huh? The teddy bears do go well. Yeah. Um, so I'm. I'm probably going to leave them at home because when I do the Seattle convention, because people are quite fond of uh, Kurt Cobain over there, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I made a, I made Kurt Cobain. And in the comic, I imply Kurt Cobain is killed by Dave Growl. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I don't want to get sued or shot for upsetting Kurt fans. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's not going to work in Seattle of all places. But hey, I've yeah. been wrong. Uh, <laughs> well, don't test that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess uh, unless Brian, you got anything? Um, no, I mean, like, is there anything else coming out that we missed that you want to plug? No, no, I'm good. I just came on here to have a chat. Yeah. Uh, well, and watch an awesome movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, the, the film was my fault because I did say, oh, look, this is on Sky. I might watch this one. Uh, so yeah. that's how it got picked. Yeah, you picked you know, it. So <laughs> I picked it for everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the second time you've given us a film to watch. Uh, the other oh, one was Chained. Chained. Chained was good, though. Yeah, we didn't, we uh, didn't dislike Chained. Yeah. Uh, uh, you don't sound too convinced. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah, that was a movie. <laughs> but yeah. your, your, your picture went up. Oh, yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man. Well, what was your, do I? What would you rather watch? Would you rather watch Chained again? Or the film with your president note. Forget it. Not going <laughs> well, but yeah, go go check out MattShawPublications.co.uk for more info. Also, I would assume it's Patreon.com slash MattShaw. The MattShaw, I think. Uh, okay. The, the MattShaw. Um, yeah. yeah, support... The. Support him, especially if you're into extreme horror. He's got everything you'd want out of extreme horror. See you next time. Cheers, man. This is Wolfman Jack, and you've been listening to B-Movies and E-Books. And you can check out these crazy cats every two weeks or so on iTunes, Stitcher, and I don't know other places. So anyway, leave them a five-star review. Also, check them out on Twitter at BNE Pod. And subscribe to the BNE Master Feed if you're a fan and you a real cool daddy. The podcast you just heard is part of the BNE Network. 
brought to you by bmovies and ebooks.com.